Chapter Four of Dragons of the Air by Harry Seeley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Animals which fly. The nature of a reptile is now sufficiently intelligible for something to be said concerning flight, and structures by means of which some animals lift themselves in the air. It is not without interest to remember that, from the earliest periods in human records, representations have been made of animals which were furnished with wings, yet walked upon four feet, and in their typical aspect have the head shaped like that of a bird. They are commonly named dragons. Flying Dragons the effigy of the dragon survives to the present day in the figure over which St. George triumphs, on the reverse of the British sovereign. In the luxuriant imaginations of ancient eastern peoples, dating back to prehistoric ages, perhaps 5000 B.C., the dragons present an astonishing constancy of form, in after times they underwent a curious evolution as the conception of babylon and egypt is traced through assyria to greece the wings which had been associated at first with the forelimb of the typical dragon become characteristic of the lion and of the poet's winged horse and finally of the human figure itself, carved on the great columns of the Greek temples of Ephesus. These flying animals are historically descendants of the same common stock with the dragons of China and Japan, which still preserve the aspect of reptiles. Their interest is chiefly in evidence of a latent spirit of evolution in days too remote for its meaning to be now understood, which has carried the wing forms higher and ever higher in grade of organization, till their wings cease to be associated with feelings of terror. The Hebrew cherubim are regarded by H. E. Ryle, bishop of exeter as probably dragons and the figure of the conventional angel is the human form of the dragon organs of flight turning from this reference to the realm of mythology to existing nature the power of flight is popularly associated with all the chief types of vertebrate animals fishes frogs, lizards, birds, and mammals. Many of the animals ill deserve the name of flyers, and most are exceptions to different conditions of existence which control their kindred, but it is convenient to examine for a little the nature of the structures by which this movement in the air, which is not always flight, is made possible. Certain fishes, like the lungfish, Ceratitus, of Queensland, and the mudfish, Lepidosiren, 
are capable of leaving the water and living on land and for a time breathe air but neither these fishes nor periophthalmus which runs with rapid movement of its fins and carries the body more or less out of water or the climbing perch anibus carried out of water over the country by indian jugglers ever put on the slightest approach to wings flying fishes the flight of fishes is a kind of parachute support not unlike that by which a folded paper is made to travel in the air it is chiefly seen in the numerous species of a genus exocetus allied to the garpike balone which is common in tropical seas and usually from a foot to eighteen inches long they emerge from the water and for a time support themselves in the air by means of the greatly developed breast fins which sometimes extend backward to the tail fin although these fins appear to correspond to the forelimbs of other animals they may not be moved at the will of the fish like the wing of a bird when the flying fishes are seen in shoals in the vicinity of ships those fins remain extended so that the fish is said sometimes to travel two hundred yards at a speed of fifteen miles an hour rising twenty feet or more above the surface of the sea traveling in a straight line though sometimes influenced by the wind here the organ which is at once a fin and a wing consists of a number of thin long rods or rays which are connected by membrane and vary in length to form an outline not unlike the wing of a bird which tapers to a point the interest of these animals is chiefly in the fact that flight is separated from the condition of having lungs with which it is associated in birds for although the flying fish has an air bladder there is no duct to connect it with the throat flying frogs among amphibians the organs of flight are also of a parachute kind but of a different nature they are seen in certain frogs which frequent trees and are limited to membranes which extend between the diverging digits of the hand and foot forming webs as fully developed as in the foot of a swimming bird as these frogs leap the membranes are expanded and help to support the weight of the body so that the animal descends more easily as it moves from branch to branch there is no evidence that the bones of the digits ever became elongated like the fin rays of the flying fish or the wing bones of a bat but the web suggests the basis of such a wing and the possibilities under which wings may first originate by elongation of the bones of a webbed hand like that of a flying frog flying lizards 
the reptilia in their several orders are remarkable for absence of any modification of the arms which might suggest a capacity for acquiring wings as being latent in their organization crocodiles tortoises and serpents are alike of the earth and not of the air but among lizards there are small groups of animals in which a limited capacity for movement through the air is developed it is best known in the family of small lizards named dragons represented typically by the species dracovolans found in the oriental region of the east indies and malay archipelago the organ of flight is produced in an unexpected way by means of the ribs instead of the limbs the ribs extend outward as far as the arms can stretch and the first five or six are prolonged beyond the body so as to spread a fold of skin on each side between the arm and the leg the membrane admits of some movement with the ribs this arrangement forms a parachute which enables the animal to move rapidly among branches of trees extending the structure at will so that it is used with rapidity too quick to be followed by the eye as it leaps through considerable distances a less singular aid to movement in the air is found in some of the lizards termed geckos the so-called flying gecko platydactylus homalocephalus has a fringe unconnected with ribs which extends laterally on the sides of the body and tail as well as at the back and front of the fore and hind limbs and between the digits where the web is sometimes almost as well developed as among tree frogs this is essentially a lateral horizontal frill extending round the body its chief interest is in the circumstance that it includes a membrane which extends between the wrist bones and the shoulder on the front of the arm that is the only part of the fringe which represents the wing membrane of a bird the fossil flying reptiles have not only that membrane but the lateral membranes at the sides of the body and behind the arms other lizards have the skin developed in the direction of the circumference of the body in the australian chlamydosaurus it forms an immense frill round the neck like a medieval collar but though such an adornment might break a fall it could not be regarded as an organ of flight flying birds the wings of birds when they are developed so as to minister to flight are all made upon one plan but as examples of the variation which the organs contributing to make the forelimb manifest i may instance the short swimming limb of the penguin the practically useless rudiment 
of a wing found in the ostrich or kiwi and the fully developed wing of the pigeon the wings of birds obtain an extensive surface to support the animal by muscular movements of three modifications of structure first the bones of the forelimb are so shaped that they cannot in existing birds be applied to the ground for support and be used like the limbs of quadrupeds and are therefore folded up at the sides of the body and carried in an unused or useless state so long as the animal hops on the ground or walks balancing its weight on the hind legs secondly there are two small folds of skin less conspicuous than those on the arms of geckos one is between the wrist bones and the shoulder and the smaller hinder membrane is between the upper arm and the body these membranous expansions are insignificant and would in themselves be inadequate to support the body or materially assist its movements thirdly the bird develops appendages to the skin which are familiarly known as feathers and the large feathers which make the wing are attached to the skin covering the lower arm bone named the ulna and the other bones which represent the wrist and hand the area and form of the bird's wing are due to individual appendages to the skin which are unknown in any other group of animals between the extended wing of the albatross measuring eleven feet in spread and the condition in the kiwi of new zealand in which the wing is vanishing there is every possible variation in size and form as a rule the larger the animal the smaller is the wing area the problem of the origin of the bird's wing is not to be explained by study of existing animals for the rowing organ of the penguin which in itself would never suggest flight becomes an organ of flight in other birds by the growth upon it of suitable feathers any one who has seen the birds named divers feeding under water swimming rapidly with their wings might never suspect that they were also organs of aerial flight the ostrich is even more interesting for it has not developed flight and still retains at the extremities of two of the digits the slender claws of a limb which was originally no wing at all but the support of a four-footed animal flying mammals flight is also developed among mammals the insectivora include several interesting examples of animals which are capable of a certain motion through the air in the tropical forests of the malay archipelago are animals known as flying squirrels flying possums flying lemurs flying foxes in which the skin extends outward laterally from the sides of the body so as to connect the forelimbs with the hind limbs and is also prolonged backward from the hind limbs to the tail 
the four digits are never elongated the bones of the forelimb are neither longer nor larger than those of the hind limb and the foot terminates in five little claws as in other four-footed animals this condition is adapted for the arboreal life which those animals live leaping from branch to branch feeding on fruits and leaves and in some cases upon insects these mammals may be compared with the flying geckos among reptiles in their parachute-like support by extension of the skin which gives them one of the conditions of support which contribute to constitute flight bats one entire order of mammals the bats not only possess true wings but are capable of flight which is sustained and in some cases powerful the wings are clothed with short hair like the rest of the body and thus the instrument of flight is unlike that of a bird the flight of a bat differs from that of all other animals in being dependent upon a modification of the bones of the forelimb which without interfering with the animal's movements as a quadruped secures an extension of the wing which is not inferior in area to that which the bird obtains by elongation of the bones of the arm and forearm and its feathers the distinctive peculiarity of the bat's wing is in the circumstance that four of the digits of the hand have their bones prolonged to a length which is often equal to the combined length of the arm and forearm the bones of the digits diverge like the ribs of an umbrella and between them is the wing membrane which extends from the sides of the body outward unites the forelimb with the hind limb and is prolonged down the tail as in the flying foxes bats have a small membrane in front of the bones of the arm and forearm stretching between the shoulder and the wrist which corresponds with the wing membrane of a bird but the remainder of the membranes in bats wings are absent in birds because their function is performed by feathers which give the wing its area the elongated digits of the bat's wing are folded together and carried at the sides of the body as though they were a few quill pins attached to its wrist where the one digit which is applied to the ground in walking terminates in a claw the organs which support animals in the air are thus seen to be more or less dissimilar in each of the great groups of animals they fall into three chief types first the parachute secondly the wing due to the feathers appended to the skin and thirdly the wing formed of membrane supported by enormous elongation of the small bones of the back of the hand and fingers the two types of true wings are limited to birds and bats and no living reptile approximates to developing such an organ of flight as a wing 
judged therefore by the method of comparing the anatomical structures of one animal with another which is termed comparative anatomy the existence of flying reptiles might be pronounced impossible but in the light which the revelations of geology afford our convictions become tempered with modesty and we learn that with nature nothing is impossible in development of animal structure end of chapter four